Peter Parker isn't the only one getting a PS5 face upgrade, but his probably wasn't due to a shaving accident like mine might have been. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond Episode 669 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. I'm your host, Jonathan Dornbush, and I'm joined this week by Janet Garcia. What's up? Lucy O'Brien. Hello. And a very special guest. Thank you so much for joining us, Zombie Kills. Thank you for being here. Hello, and thank you. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk about all things PlayStation and gaming. Uh, of course, this is our PlayStation show, but we regularly go off the wheels when it comes to that. So nothing is off topic. But for those who may not know you, uh, I thought maybe if you wanted to give a little introduction sort of about where people might be able to find your work, uh, what you do, uh, just to give people a little bit of background. Hey guys, I'm Zombie Kills. I'm a blacktivist and streamer. I stream on Twitch. You can find me at Z-O-M-B-A-E-K-I-L-L-Z on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. I'm normally making people mad, talking about things that are important, making people uncomfortable, and playing games with religious fervor and very, very badly. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's a glorious mix, Zombie. I'm... I'm- <laughs> I'm very proud to be in your company. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're so happy to have you here. Um, definitely have uh, loved your work since um, Spawn on Me uh, spotlighted you, of course, earlier this year, but seen you on Kind of Funny and your own streams and everything. And uh, so happy to have you on part of the show. I think we're in for a very fun episode, especially because there is so much weird PlayStation news to talk about, uh, you know, five-ish weeks out from the launch of the PlayStation 5. Uh, things are definitely not slowing down even if we're still waiting for a lot of answers, as we've talked about on the show. But we, we probably won't get into too many of the, the questions we've talked about in past weeks. But there is a lot of PS5 stuff to talk about. The first thing, though, I did want to briefly mention, uh, because, of course, as much Sony news does, it happened in between episodes. Uh, the new PS Plus games for this month are available. Uh, it's Need for Speed Payback and Vampire, spelled with a Y instead of the I-R-E, for reasons, probably. S-O. Vampire! Vampire. Um, I've heard... Nothing about Need for Speed Payback, so I don't really know if that one is uh, worth going to. <clears throat> Excuse me if you're a Need for Speed fan. Uh, I have heard Vamp- Vampire did not review the best. I think we gave it a six or so, but I've heard people in the long run are like, if you stick with it, it actually has some interesting narrative hooks to it. That Classic. said, I have not played. Yeah, that's that's uh, usually what I hear uh, from our old coworker Barrett Courtney now over a kind of funny uh, about most games that he had to play for gameplay capture, but... Apparently uh, a decent one to check out if you're maybe waiting for the big November rush of games to come. But of course, there are uh, we'll be talking about stuff we have been playing and all of that a little later in the show. But I do want to start off with a story that actually broke this morning. Uh, There was a translated interview and I'm going to pull out the correct quotes. This was an interview that uh, Sony CEO Jim Ryan gave to uh, Korean site Naver, uh, translated by gamesindustry.biz, where Ryan predicted that, uh, and of course this is a translated quote, but that quote, the PS5 will sell more in its first fiscal year than we sold in the first fiscal year at the time of the PS4 launch. Um, So this is for reference between the launch of the PS4 in November 2013 and the end of the Sony fiscal year, which came in April 2014, the PS4 sold a little over 7 million units. So that means Sony is expecting to sell 7 million more Uh, 7 million or more PS5s from November 12th and 19th, depending on where you are in the world, through April 2021. Um, I wanted to sort of open that up because that is, I, you know, obviously Sony is coming from, they are the first place market leader. It's, uh, they're coming from a place of having won this past generation by a pretty large margin when it comes to pure sales. Um, We're in a different place than we were in 2013. There's, of course, the worldwide pandemic 
that's caused job loss, supply constraints, um, people not having the funds, obviously, or having to put funds towards other things or just having to be more money conscientious than they may have been back in 2013. It's a very different landscape we're in right now. And so I sort of wanted to ask you all, obviously, this claim alone, we are not, you know, business analyst executives. We don't have that background necessarily. But what do you all think? How realistic that claim do you think they could be at uh, succeeding with that? And uh, Zam, I thought I'd start off with you. I think it, they nailed it. And and here's why I think they, they nailed it with that. We're trapped at home. <laughs> Everyone's tired of their Netflix backlog. We're all tired of it. We're tired of Hulu. I mean, Lovecraft Country is kind of killing it if you have HBO Max. But like, I think we're tired. I think we're at home. And I think trying to get as much stimulation as we possibly can at these moments. I mean, look at how incredible it was for the Nintendo Switch. Look at how the ring fit is like a jewel that's so hard to obtain at this point, right? I mean, I just feel like they know we're trapped at home. And whether you're broke or not, there's one thing that Americans are great at, and that's appeasing their poorness with overpriced goods. Consumerism is great. I mean, as a woman, I know that uh, who's worked in the cosmetics industry, whenever we've had huge dips in the economy, uh, people still always buy makeup because they still want to make themselves feel pretty when they're like, whenever anything's going down. So like, same thing with us nerds. And tech has been doing extremely well during this time, I feel like. Yeah, you're you're totally not wrong there. I just, as you were saying that, that reminded me, uh, my dad lost his job when I was in like uh, elementary school at some point. And that Christmas was the best Christmas I ever had in terms of the amount of gifts I had because he didn't want to show that we were in financial straits, of course. Oh my God, that's game. so depressing. Yeah. That is such yeah. a depressing story. <laughs> yeah. That, but it's that's so American. It's it so is. American. <laughs> it's quintessential. It's quintessential oh, American. Poor, poor darlings. <laughs> um, but Lucy, what do, you, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, you know, my first thought were the balls on these people to sort of be making these claims without kind of bashing it up with any uh, sort of substance. Um, you know, I think they, that, as I'm said, there's, they have every right to be confident, but I did enjoy our write-up of, of this particular piece. I think Matt Perslow from the UK wrote it up and he was like, you know, they've been talking about shortages, but Sony doesn't seem to be worried about that. And, you know, there's everyone is like, worried about money right now. Sony doesn't really seem to be worried about that. So, you know, I I thought it was just, it's funny because there was absolutely no substance behind it. I think the PlayStation 5 will sell well. I think that, uh, oh God, that's going to be like a soundbite now. Um, I think that, you know, as as Zom said, we we want to sort of feel better. We want to appease ourselves with with stuff and we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So absolutely, it makes sense for us to kind of gravitate. I mean, I know I pre-ordered one for that very reason, um, aside from the, the job stuff. But yeah, I would like to know a little bit more. I would like a little bit more context around that quote, uh, because I, I, yeah, I would love to know the analytical thinking. It's a bold claim. Let's see yeah. how it pays off for them to finish it, off the quote. I'm so glad it's, you finished that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting one because, you know, the PS4 is one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um, I think it trails maybe just the PS2 uh, and the I think it's somewhere around the Wii. I have to look up the official numbers. But it's obviously, you know, hugely successful, and that's not success we've seen replicated generation to generation from really anyone. Um, right, and, I think it will be interesting. I could totally see it selling well, especially in this first year, but I do wonder like its long-term 
uh, success, especially with the way Xbox really seems to be leaning into very consumer friendly, competitive um, focuses that are a bit different than what at least Sony has been focusing on right now. But Janet, what do, what do you think about where the PS5 could be going sales wise? I definitely could see it happening. I do agree that is a very bold claim to make. But at the same time, I feel like, and maybe this is me just being a sucker and buying into, oh, this person said this, so it must be true. Like the person who works for the company, obviously they're going to say it's going to be a successful product. But now I'm curious as to whether or not Sony would consider it a failure if they don't hit that milestone, if they don't surpass the PS4. Um, Like I'd like to see how they internalize that and how they kind of talk to shareholders about that that fact alone makes me feel a little bit more confident that they can pull it off because it seems like such a bold claim to make that it's dangerous to make it without really having like the data to back up that assumption or presumption i think one thing they do have going for them um is the fact that they do have those two skews and that we've talked about the idea of sony being the like cheapest next-gen console in the sense that like both of the SKUs are just as powerful unlike Xbox which is taking a um like lower powered model and a like you know uh proper next-gen model and sort of splitting those like in that way financially and with the SKUs so I do think they have that going for them um they have other elements that are appealing I do think that there's a lot of hype with that small crowd that didn't buy a PS4 with that PlayStation collection I think they are making a lot of smart plays despite how the lack of transparency has been with them lately and uh it does seem like a little bit overconfidence but at the same time they have the history to back it up and i personally am optimistic about this only in the sense that they are releasing more models so we had that pre-order wave which was complete chaos and then there was like a few more that came out and they kind of have had like a little bit of a drip feed of pre-orders available when you look at the xbox side of things they were essentially like all right and now we're done we will see you many months from now so i think they seem to at least be somehow managing the fact that things are harder to produce and harder to make with uh, the pandemic and all the other things going on in the world right now. So if I had to bet on it, I, I gosh, I don't know what I would do. I, I guess I'd <laughs> lean on, I, I guess I'd lean on yes, but it just seems so ridiculous. Like it, it just seems hard to believe that in these circumstances that it would be essentially beneficial towards them or uh, end in like a, a better outcome than what they had before. But um, I'm going to go on yes, but nothing would surprise me at this point in this year of 2020. <laughs> you're you're totally right uh, about how bold of a claim it is in terms of like, that's the sort of thing, especially from like a CEO that changes stock prices. Like by just him saying that, we're probably going to see a change in, in, you know, like valuation and all that stuff. And like it could wildly swing differently when the fiscal year ends if they don't meet that. Um, so it, it will be a very interesting thing to track, especially when we do pass that marker, because it is something we can actually measure. Um, I realize, you know, uh, on the show, especially as we've been talking about sort of the pre-order chaos, we've talked before about getting or not being able to get the systems. Zom, were you able to get a pre-order? Did you want one? Did you get an Xbox? Or where did you end up on the pre-order chaos? So I'm a broke budget mom. Uh, I currently have five Xboxes, two Playstations, and two Nintendo Switches and one Wii U in my house, right? So, like, we have a a lot of systems. Yeah. So I had to really kind of weigh where I was going to play my games. Like, I love PlayStation for mainly two titles. I like Little Big Planet, like, a lot. (laughs) And I like Ratchet and Clank. So, like, those are, like, my two big things that I like about PlayStation. A little bit of Overwatch here and there, but... Mainly those two games. So I feel like my PlayStation 4 going forward to the PS5 wasn't like a, a huge rush for me. Like I'll pick it up for sure. 
Just going to put it back. The Xbox, I had to do it. Got the Series uh, S. I'm sorry because the names are ridiculous to me. It's fine. <laughs> um, got the Series S. I felt like a grandmother ordering it. I was like, am I getting the right one? Uh, <laughs> and I got the Series S and I'm really excited about it. I was able to get it after like panicking. It was the most panicked I've ever felt in my life. And I don't understand. I've been through so many horrible things. But for some reason, this pre-order was stressful. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know if anybody else felt like that. But like I'm, I've had a tough life. And all of a sudden, I'm doing a pre-order and I, my heart was racing. I felt like I needed anxiety medication I don't know why. And then the takes on Twitter were stressing me out. I think so. I'm like, I think it's 2020. Like every decision that we make in 2020 has so much more weight because this year year is so terrible. It's like, oh my God, if I don't guarantee this pre-order, then my life is ruined. I think it's also my first year as a content creator. So like, I was like feeling that like content creator, like pressure, you know, like, oh, you've got to be on the cutting edge. It's like, girl, I'm finna pay all this on my, they've got it on the X cloud and everything else. I don't even know why I was so stressed out. Cause Xbox really does have you covered on everything. So I, I don't know. I really want both though. I did pre-order the Xbox. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm hoping Sony has been really smart and that, Come holidays, I'll be able to grab a copy, like, you know, I'll grab one physically, like I'll be able to go in there and get my, get mine physically. Like, who knows? Yeah. It's 2020. If they are really predicting that they're going to sell double, then we might really see a big rush at holiday time. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they really want to hit that marker, it wouldn't be bad for them to have as much as uh, available as possible for people who missed that crazy, uh, stressful week of pre-orders. Yeah. Uh, I remember even with the PS4, I lucked into, I wasn't able to pre-order one. And then the week before it came out, I just checked Amazon recently at the time and they had a new shipment in and I was like, okay, I'll just buy one now. And it was like the least stressful thing. And comparing that to like the onslaught of like, did you get one? Did you not get one a couple weeks ago? It was just pandemonium. I have never felt anything like it. And I've also never bought, a, I've never bought a console brand new. Like I've never just bought one. I, I think I'm more like every every person in Middle America. Like if you can afford one, you can afford one. And I've never just got one at launch. I've always gotten it like on Black Friday. And this was the first time I've been part of a pre order. And Lord, please, I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> it's <laughs> the can, Yeah, you can get my money when it's in my hands. Like I'm tired. <laughs> of it. Like it was stressful, and I just also think it was really poorly executed all the way across the board on both sides of the fence. So. For sure. Like I've just given up on getting an Xbox at launch at this point. There's there's no chance. It's it's going to happen somewhere down along the road, but not not at launch. I secured one, but I I feel I feel very still stressed out about it. I feel <laughs> like are they going to cancel it? Because I've seen people saying their stuff is canceled. Well, I think a lot of people aren't going to be happy until it's actually in their hands. Like you know, there are so many sort of mixed messages. People are getting two emails saying it's secured, and then maybe you won't get it at launch, and then you know, people thinking it's a scam. So I think once people have it in their hands, they'll feel finally at ease but before then it's sort of anyone's game yeah absolutely and we're only a few weeks away from knowing if we're going to be happy or not about that uh when it comes to it since both are launching in the same week in november so it's going to be definitely a really interesting time um one of the main concerns though that i know people will have leading up to it is um how many games can i have on my system at once uh and obviously hard drive space is a big ask uh with Xbox, uh, about a week or so ago, we got word that the uh, the way they're working is essentially there's 
you can use hard drives to uh, shift games off of, uh, but to get sort of the same speeds and uh, take advantage of the velocity architecture of the Xbox, you need to use the proprietary sort of storage system that they have. And those are going for pretty expensive. I believe it's like 220, 230 uh, for the terabyte storage cards. Sony hasn't announced um, the storage plans that they're offering. Uh, They have said in the past that They'll let third-party hard drives work the same as the internal SSD, but they have to match the same specs, and that's not going to be a cheap option, um, especially commercially available uh, this fall, so we'll have to see what happens there. As of right now, um, there have been some rumors, and none of it's been substantiated by Sony yet, but the system we know will have 825 gigs as an SSD, and then uh, possibly... Sorry, my dog wants treats. Uh, Possibly the rumor is that it might only have about 664 gigabytes of usable space. So this is a thing, you know, we're used to when it comes to any tech. Whatever number they give you for the hard drive isn't going to be the actual number you get. For the Xbox One terabyte, I believe it comes out to actually like 803, 804 gigabytes. So you're losing a pretty big chunk there. Here you're losing a comparable chunk, but less because it's a smaller hard drive. But that's still, you know, that's like a fifth of the storage just gone day one on on either ends. And that's not great when games are starting to get 100 gigabytes or larger. Um, it's it's a tough thing to ask. And so is, is this a concern for you all? Like, do you find yourself deleting games off your hard drive if you download a lot digitally? Um, do you think we're going to... Are are you planning to buy supplemental storage? Or are you just going to be like deleting and redownloading? What what are sort of your plans, uh, Lucille? Oh, Janet, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, sorry. Um... I just like I feel really passionate about storage because this is like the drama of my life. Um, I think I've only bought additional console storage for two consoles in my life. One, the Nintendo Switch uh, and two, the Xbox uh, one. But I'm like, I'm also just like, what are all the names now? And I don't know why it became like the X cast all of a sudden. But it's I just have like with Game Pass, you know, you're just impulsively downloading things. And I'm like, I want the freedom to impulsively download those things it's essentially why i got the extra space and then it was just kind of easier to move around by having an external um drive that i could like move between models when i eventually got like extra ones in my household like if someone else in my apartment had the console as well uh, i haven't done it for playstation yet because i usually tend to just do mo- like in my personal gaming life like outside of work i'll try to just do exclusives on um the playstation and then like all my third-party stuff usually on xbox because of my controller preferences. But essentially, I just keep playing what I consider to be the game of the year every year, which is what game will I delete and forcing myself to have the honesty, like the raw, painful honesty of like, you're not going to finish Red Dead 2. You're not going to do it. You've had it for a long time. The game's really long. You're not that you're not actually that interested in it anyway. You need to stop lying to yourself and delete the space because it's time to move on. And then my favorite, my personal favorite is when you go back and you redownload it again because you're like, this time it's going to be different. This time I'm going to redo it. I'm going to start a new save. I'm going to be who I want to be. But you're not going to be who you want to be. You're going to be who you've been already. And you already know who you are and you're not going to play these games. Okay, so, you just you just inspired me to go delete Call of Duty right now. Like I'm deleting it after this. People I'm going to do this. It's like a go Call of Duty game. It has been so it. oppressive. Call of Duty has oppressed me so much. I just, I just want to put that out there. They are just encroaching on all of the game space and it's rude it's rude it's very demanding it's very pushy i feel like i'm being sold a vacuum cleaner by a guy that's come to my house and i can't say no because i'm a nice person it's very stressful call of duty 
has really ruined game space for me. I just, I want to put that out there. Call of Duty, if you're, if you guys hear this, like what the, why? Like, why are we doing this? Why 200 gig updates every two weeks? Like, I can't take that. I'm not it buying was, external storage. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not. No, I mean, that's so, they, it was a big press beat for them that it was like, hey, this new update makes the game files smaller. That was like a big thing, but you also had to like re-download the game and delete it and do all that. So you had to go through that whole stress. But, or I could just finally be honest with myself and say, delete it. You're not that in love with it. You only play it every once in a while. And I'm just going to be real. Janet's inspired me. Like, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with yeah. it. I'm breaking up with Call of Duty. I do feel like it ends up, the last thing I want to say is that it ends up putting off the problem. And that's kind of what I ran into with the Nintendo Switch. Like, I love using that for indies. And I just finally, after months, because I had it since launch, after months of downloading stuff, I'm like, I'm going to bite the bullet and get the extra storage. And I, I will say, especially if it's like, if you're, an impulsive game buyer like for me i'll do that with indies because they're fairly cheap a lot of times you can find sales like i like having that option because it makes me more willing to like try out games i know that sounds weird that like oh i wouldn't try like it's just when it's so full like you feel like you have to constantly manage it um so admittedly part of me is like maybe i should start this console cycle just pay the money and have the peace of mind for a few years instead of playing this torturous game with myself See, Janet, I completely agree with you, and I've also played that game. I recently deleted Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, never finished it, but didn't end up romancing the person that I wanted to romance, so finally bit the bullet recently. But I will be buying storage uh, this gen. I, it's one of those terrible things where you realize that, you, you know, when you buy the console, it's not just the console that you're you're buying. Like, that's a huge whack of money for the PlayStation 5. Uh, I'm getting the disc full version uh and and then you know on top of that you've got to buy the games and 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 for me i, I bought a brand new tv along to, to to you know actually have the playstation 5 running at full capability instead of my 2011 tv that max gave me and you know i'm probably gonna to have to get another controller and i'm just I, I you know it escalates and it escalates and i i think this year i'm just kind of going to give into it I do want that extra space. I do not want to be deleting games. Uh, I want to be a bit of a hoarder. I am, I'm being really greedy this year. Like it's been such a crappy year that I'm just like, you know what? That's where I'm going to put my money. I'm just going to be that guy. Um, so I think that I am going to shell out. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the announcement of how much it's going to cost. I'm not looking forward to buying it. There's nothing more depressing than getting a little package from Amazon and it's like storage space. You know, it's kind of the equivalent of getting like a, like a like an extending cord or something it's just incredibly boring uh but i think i'm gonna go all in and and, and sort of go full gamer 2021 that's horrifying i know i can't I know. wait to see you in it's, full gamer mode though you're yeah, treating yourself chair. you're treating yourself to storage space like your yourself <laughs> of the year is you're like i'm just gonna I drop a couple hundred on storage space I'm, i need to be good to me that's but, but that's all like i haven't i haven't bought any clothing this entire yeah. year i've just been wearing the same old crap i wear sweats which is what the american americans you guys call them yeah. um i've been wearing them what do you guys call them right. i don't know like track pants you know like track pants oh. like no. track pants and a hoodie you know, that's interesting. Like, so does, does sweats not have a meaning there? Like if you said sweats in Australia, would they be like, what's oh, up with that? What is, like, what are you saying? No, it, it would be like, they would, like Australians would understand, but it wouldn't be like, it would be like, why? Yeah, that's weird. Like, why are you appropriating an American word? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like whenever, whenever I, but you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> it's like whenever I, whenever I, um, I would say that I remember once when I was in Australia and I said, um, I'm going on vacation. And my colleague was like shocked. And he was like, you mean you're going on holidays? And I was like, yes, that's correct. Holidays. Cause you, you can't, you don't want to be that like want to be American. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, yeah, I don't so, want to be one of the American, and yet here we are. Yeah. I mean, here I, I we live, all, we're all stuck. Please help us. I live here now, so exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, this is kind of uh, it's it's exactly as you say, Zom. I'm just I'm treating myself. I don't necessarily think it's the best thing for me and my, <laughs> you know, wallet. But you know, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. I play two games that are really large. Call of Duty is really large, and Ark Survival Evolved, which is my favorite game that I will never break up with, that I will never delete off of anything I have, and I have it on every single thing I could possibly have it on. Um, I'll never break up with it, but it's like 235 gigs worth of space. Oh, wow. Just gone for that one game. But, you know, I also have 7,000 hours in that one game, so. There you go. It's Compared to it. the hard drive space, yeah, that's nothing. Nothing. Well, what about you? Are you going to get extra space? I probably not. So. Probably not at launch. I've actually really gotten to the habit of deleting and re-downloading. Um, right. Not that like it's great for my internet uh, provider, like my bill, but I, I've just been doing it because I realized like I don't need a game from 2014 that I have not played since. Yes, you do. Yeah, do my, I, what do you? I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, I've left. I've left like a few games, like emotionally important games, to me on my hard drive. Like since I reviewed them both in the same year, and they were like reviews I was proud of. Spider-Man and God of War just like stay on my PS4's hard drive. They don't move. But that means if I'm not playing this PSVR game I played in 2017. Sorry, it's gonna have to go off temporarily. What's I tell the last us- thing you deleted and re-downloaded? Deleted and redown, like deleted yeah. and then one oh, the ultra again. shame, yeah, and then oh. didn't play again. Oh uh, yeah, that's uh, Yakuza Kiwami. Oh, that's I, a that is a classic download, delete, yep. redownload. I downloaded it when it was on PS Plus, and I was like, you know what, Max doesn't shut up about these games. I'm gonna play it. Never played it. Deleted it to make space, and then I think over the holiday break last year, I was like, you know, now's a good time to get into Yakuza. I'm gonna do it, and then I downloaded it and never played. Yeah, this is when you yeah. share a console with. I, I don't know. Do any of you here share consoles with other players? Like Zom, yeah. I'm sure. You, like you can. Yes. You, you're not in your head. I think all yeah. of us to some degree share. So like Not the worst me. is when you're, sh- oh, you don't share at all? Really? Well, like share my console? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe oh, like my girlfriend your, your girlfriend or something has a little, no. little profile on there. Okay. That's she fair. Doesn't, that's I mean, fair. she's got a Netflix profile on my <laughs> okay. Xbox One. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite, as, quite as, as deep. But if you share, <laughs> sometimes you have people call you out on your own stuff. Like I know for me, um, I've had, I, I still haven't finished Concrete Genie, even though it's very short. And I totally still intend to finish it. But like literally every time I need space, my boyfriend's like, I, I feel like you can just delete Concrete Genie. I'm like, it's not even that many gigs. Who is it helping? I'm like, no, I'm going to play. And I'm like, and it's funny because he's like, I think I'm going to play that game. And now I'm like, I don't want him to finish it before I finish it because that's just embarrassing. Like I've had it for so many months. Um, so there's that layer of guilt too, or struggle when you're like sharing with someone else um, and trying to figure out like how to navigate that space storage and, and like what someone's going to play and what someone might want to play or isn't done playing and yeah it just becomes a whole thing but i'm going to do it again for ps5 i'm excited um yeah that's definitely one of the the bigger questions that i think is going to be really interesting because i do expect uh you know zombie were mentioning call of duty and arc as like bigger games we've only been seeing more and more of those as the generation went on and i think that's only going to continue especially into next gen because 4k textures are not small 
Um, but we don't really know what the solution is going to be for PS5 just yet. What we do know is um, a few YouTubers in Japan were able to go hands-on with the PS5, and it didn't tell us a ton new. Um, I'll just briefly go over some of the stuff we learned. Uh, the DualSense light bar that you see around sort of the, the touchpad now uh, will tell you what number player you are by like lighting up specific parts of it, so it seems to be a little bit more like complex of a lighting system in there. Um, we saw more shots of the console, including a mysterious like metal bolt somewhere in the corner of the system that is unexplained to people. Uh, I was asked in several meetings this week, Jonathan, do you know what's going on with the bolt or the nut? No, I do not. I'm sorry. I have no idea what that thing is. Uh, we also learned that in Japan, they're changing the like confirm, accept, okay button from circle to X to make it more universally like worldwide how, how it's done, even though in Japan for over two decades, they've been using the circle button sort of as the okay button, which is an interesting change to make. But the, the big thing I want to talk about was basically right now, like in terms of PS5 hands-on previews, you know, we're a month out. We, of course, haven't gotten hands-on with it. Um, these YouTubers did in Japan. Jeff Keighley played uh, Astro's Playroom. Uh, and outside of that, most people have not played the PS5, whereas right now, at least with the Xbox, it's in a lot of people's homes. Uh, people are playing it testing it out testing the speeds downloads Dude, speeds, all that stuff every man and his dog has an xbox one x <laughs> in their homes right now everyone has one like all yeah. of the australian press has one it's wild yeah the microsoft <laughs> has been really good about putting the series x there and so i i wanted to put out sort of the question obviously like we've said you know earlier on the show i mentioned sony is coming from the place of they were winning xbox wants to prove to people why you need xbox for the audience that maybe didn't jump on this uh past generation and i think you know being as forcefully out there as possible is the right move to make but do you think it's hurting sony to not be doing the same do you think they'll be fine do you just question why this is the approach we're getting obviously it's a strange year there haven't been in-person events uh zom i'll start with you what do you think of the approach sony's been taking i think it's really cool and i also think uh it kind of gives that more exclusive feel to it like there's, you know, the, it, it, I don't know, it feels like a VIP club kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel so much playing favorites as Xbox feels. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Xbox? Are, we, are we slut shaming the Xbox right now? Is that what's happening? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to slut shame the Xbox, but let me take this second to dunk on it real quick. The way, <laughs> yeah. the way that black women don't have that in their hands is very upsetting to me. Um, I've seen a lot of creators. Very few black creators have it, but those very few black creators are men. So, hey, look, that's good. Like, say it, say it, put it out you, there. I mean, Microsoft could, you could do better. Be and mm -hmm. you should be listening to women because I own five Xboxes. I'm a black woman in the games industry. There's a you couple of us. It's just wild. It's what's, what's wild about you pointing that out too, because I follow you on Twitter, uh, which has been a delight. Like you have great takes and like great oh content. Um, I love your streams. Like they're so like you, you do such a great job at like managing chat and engaging and being like friendly yet firm about like what people are here for and what kind of community you're building, which I just think is awesome. And you. something that like really struck me when you had pointed that out, you're like, and you, well, the tweet I think you did wasn't even specific to black women, it's just women in general. I think you kind of commented on like, oh, it's finally seeing a woman with the, the like an Xbox console. And I'm, I was like, like the glass shattered in my mind because even though like I consider myself like really like socially conscious and that like trying to push forward and things like that. But I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that because I'm so, like sometimes you're just so used to like certain things that 
it doesn't even really register. And then it takes someone saying it to really kind of put it on your radar. So I just want to give a shout out to you for even pointing that out because I think as much as we do try to like have those conversations and be mindful of that, I think because the norm is so, you know, male dominated and white male dominated that it's, it's really easy to kind of forget that, Hey, like just cause this is normal. It doesn't mean it's not something that we should be bringing up or talking about or pushing for. So I think it's awesome that you brought that up. Yeah. Ready, ready for all the hateful comments under this, uh, <laughs> under this podcast, but I'm just, well, it was going to happen anyway. So you might as well yeah, say it was going to happen anyway. I'm black and loud. They get really pissed off when I, but <laughs> For me, honestly, uh, that was really just kind of sad for me. And seeing the way Sony did it seemed classier and less abrasive to me because seeing all these creators in the same space as me with these Xboxes that are white males just bothered me so bad. But I did see some creators of color. Shout out to Danny. Shout out to like a couple, Michael. Shout out to a couple guys I saw, you know, who, who got it. I know a couple folks got it, but... Uh, we just got to do better with how we're presenting and, and supplying these to press, et cetera. There's some smaller, really amazing, you know, uh, Hispanic uh, people in the industry who I don't see getting the love either. Like there's just a bubble of whiteness that needs to be broken. And the way Sony did it made it feel more acceptable because it's like getting going to a really fancy club and they were like opening up and letting, you know, people do it. I just felt like that was a better way to handle it uh, versus the weird favoritism influencer uh, feel to it. And I mean, I say this as a person who's considered a micro influencer or whatever, like I I liked the way they did it. I I just thought it was classier. No, that I mean, like Jenna was saying, you pointing that out absolutely. I'm I'm running through my head of like all the people I saw get an Xbox, and you're right, especially that first wave of people who got it all were white dudes, pretty much. And yeah, like you said, there were um, people of color uh, creators who did seem to get them a little bit after that. But one, that's a problem that they didn't get them day and date with everyone else. Uh, and as you were saying, they're all men, and yeah, that's something that I think both sides could probably be better about but yeah the the way that it was handled with xbox i totally see what you're saying in terms of it really really sending that message flagrant it was flagrantly like we're not giving it to black women we're barely giving it to women deal with it (laughs) i felt like i maybe got lightly bounced out of sony's club you know like sony (laughs) like like maybe i didn't have all the right shoes you know, yeah. so I couldn't get in. Like I showed up and I wore a dress, but I had sneakers. Like I feel okay <laughs> with that. Like Sony just I, I don't know, it just seems classier the way they handled I'll say the pre-orders too just feels it just feels better. Yeah. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. And yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see because we are, of course, getting close. I don't know how many other opportunities PS5 is going to present to people. There may not be any. Uh it may sort of be a, you know, launch day focus. Uh we certainly haven't gotten any if we do will be travis scary. scott got one yeah but did well, he that was so wild meal, right the vibe the chaotic vibe off of travis scott this year has just i just like, love him he's i'm chaotic he's, he's everything i love he, he made a happy this meal year too. there's like, like, a happy meal like Travis Scott is like the iconic he's gamer of the year. Like I don't yeah. know what's gonna happen to Game <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. I know who has my vote. It's Travis Scott. <laughs> yeah, what Travis Scott Fortnite appearance. What do they call like, the, the the Jeff Keighley Award for like trending game, like trending, trending gamer. gamer? Yes, trending yeah. game Travis Scott. Right. And I just then, like sicko mode plays when he comes on stage. Yeah, like, I can see it. I don't know if y'all can oh, see perfect. it, but I can see it. And I just think it's cool that they have gotten the PlayStation 5, allegedly, right? We don't really know, but from what I'm hearing, the reports on the interwebs, which we all know is super reliable, but a bunch of rappers with it. So if this is true, 
Sony gave the PlayStation to more black people than Xbox. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> bad look. So bad look, Xbox. Bad yeah. look. Yeah. One thing I would like to say, like outside of whatever delivery method uh, these companies have chosen to do sort of last minute, well, not last minute, but last previews, I suppose you'd say, is, I, you know, I wish that there was still some, I still have a lot of questions around the PS5, like not, you know, as, as I've said on this podcast before, like not like deal breaking uh, questions. I've, I've got my pre-order and I'm stoked. Um, but there's still a, a handful of things I really, really want to know about it. And, um, you know, kind of getting bits and pieces from, from news stories that have taken it from sort of broader into, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a little muddy. Uh, and I, you know, there are things that I would have liked to have clarified for me before um, I went all in, um, especially if I was sitting on the fence. I think that uh, for, for, you know, obviously Microsoft hasn't, hasn't done a clean job with, with, with its preview sort of rollout. Um, and that's something that like, that's, a, I'm so I had no idea. And like, this is very important for us all to hear. Um, but I do admire at least the transparency uh, around what the Xbox actually does and what it's capable of doing. Whereas the PS5, like, again, that is my day one console. Uh, but I really, really wish I, I, I knew everything about it. I would like to know that before I put that much money down as a general rule, that I'm a PlayStation woman for life. So <laughs> I, I, I went in with, with those questions still unanswered. So reasonable. Like money is no small feat right now for almost anybody. So for us to still be pondering uh, the full, like let's rev this baby up and take it for a test drive type of thing with PlayStation this far in is is i don't know it's like one of the things like it's hype beasting it and hype beasting is everything in this culture right so it is hype beasting it but at the same time there also is a pandemic and people are broke and it also seems a little tone deaf so i, I don't know I, I think maybe the hype beasting thing is going to work out for them in regards to those sales though it's like the more shrouded in mystery things are people want it uh, i mean you know that's i think the other element how, too how i've like been married so I've been married multiple times. <laughs> this this is sort of <laughs> happening to like bring back to Jonathan's question, which is, will this hurt? <laughs> this is going to keep going. Will this hurt the PlayStation 5? I, I think it's worth noting that like both of these companies are sort of rolling out their preview coverage or lack thereof, however you want to phrase it, after that big pre-order rush. So this is sort of like you're you're either in or you're out. You kind of had to yes, decide yeah. before regardless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I think something that's always interesting in these situations, and I'm really going to try to remember this when PS6 comes out, like this is me talking to my future self, please remember how this all went down, is because these things happen so far apart, we kind of always rewrite what the precedent is. And we kind of start from scratch. Like we're always comparing how was the PS3 launch or what they do or what's the norm or what should we expect or what should we demand as consumers or what is too demanding for us as consumers or what is has never been done. So why would they do it now? I think because like it's so far apart and the world has changed so much since the PS3 came out. And the PS4 came out, I mean, or whatever, either of the consoles, like that gap is so big that you're sort of redoing everything from scratch anyway. And there's not really like a precedent to how these things should go down. Like there's how we maybe think it'd be nice if they went down, like if we had that kind of thorough preview before even pre-ordering it. Uh, but the reality is we never know 
that much about a lot of these gaming-related products before we get them anyway. Like, we, we're told what they do, we're kind of shown, but, like, that actual hands-on experience we're really being able to trust in that product, even games. Like, how often do we preview a game and it comes out fairly different? I mean, that's why we're so careful when we do write our previews that we're couching it in all these extra things, that it's only a specific slice that they're showing. Like, it's it's never really going to be the transparency we want. It would be nice if we knew more about Sony's rollout compared to Microsoft, but I think either way, you're kind of at this point already in or out, and whatever happens next is just filling the time before our stuff does or doesn't arrive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it, I totally agree with you on that front of like, at this point, I want to know these things not because it's going to make me revoke my pre-order dollars or not, but more just because it's nice to know what I'm spending all that money on. Um, one thing that we do know we're going to be able to spend money on uh, and, and have seen from the PS5 so far, uh, of course, this came out between episodes, so we don't have to spend all the time on it, but Spider-Man has a new face. Uh, this took the internet by storm for an afternoon uh, as Insomniac revealed in the remaster for Spider-Man on PS5, you know, they've gone in and it's, it's not just running better on the PS5. Like they redid all of the art assets, all of the facial facial models, um, a lot of the texture work, all of that stuff to remaster it. But when doing that uh, and sort of forward looking to the rest of what they want to do, obviously with, you know, this Insomniac Spider-Man universe, they decided to change Peter Parker's face. Uh, and so there's a new, uh, facial capture actor. It's still Yuri Lowenthal as the voice uh, and performer for Spider-Man, but it is a new uh, facial capture artist. They said to uh, get closer to the work that Yuri does for the character and to make it easier to adapt his work to the character. Um, and obviously on both sides of whether it was a good choice or a bad choice, there was no end to the discussion of it. I do want to first, though, make mention before we sort of talk about it at all. Um, a change like this is no reason whatsoever to go harass developers. Uh, the director of Spider-Man for PS4 had to come out, Brian Intahar, uh, on Twitter and say like, hey, you know, criticism is valid in a thing that's totally fair, but sending us death threats about this is not cool. And definitely, you know, like as people who have received death threats themselves for writing about these games, there's, it is never a good thing to do. It is never okay. It is never permissible. It is never allowed to do that. There are so many better, nicer, more politer ways to critique someone than some of the vitriol that came out after this. Um, and I think it's just another example in a year of a lot of it that we've seen that there's a lot of better ways to talk about stuff you don't like when it comes to whether or not a new face in a video game is good or bad. You know, I got a death threat once for like on Hawkeye in the Avengers. I mean, here's the lowest hanging fruit to like fun of them. But yeah. like, I got a, I got a, a legit. I mean, I've had several throughout my life, but. That was a weird one. Didn't yeah. know people cared that much. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a weird facet of this industry that uh, percolates whenever there's something people don't like, and that seems to be everything these days. So I, I just wanted to say that, like, obviously, it, any of that, like, if we see that in our comments, we don't want that. We don't want that in our community. We don't want that here. And that shouldn't be part of the way you talk about games or to other people about anything. That's just dumb. Um, so please don't do that. That's just dumb. Show. It's internet thuggery, and it's just yep. not accepted. Yep. Like, if you wouldn't say it to my face, don't fix your little fingers to get real brave on the interwebs. Also, you couldn't do these folks' jobs. You're simply not qualified, so chill out. Like, <laughs> I feel like this, some people are really mad that they're not qualified for some of these jobs. <laughs> they're very mad. I, I don't know. It's just, And I'm like, why don't you tell me what's really bothering you? But Or also, maybe not, because that's also not my job, and you need to hire <laughs> someone to do that as well. But yeah, this was 
a weird but i guess bringing it back to like the the topic of of the face the face change face off face swap right and if anyone saw that that movie with nicholas cage where they like, swap the face yeah. yes great. right everything's giving you got to throw it on the background but but uh thanksgiving classic indeed oh yes like throw it on in the background <laughs> while the, the chicken cooks movie. for like hours um but this is just like a weird moment um obviously they had their reasons they wouldn't have done I think they knew going in that this was a risky thing to do or that people would at least like have a big reaction to it because this is like a really beloved game. And this is like the conversation around the P the, the, the PlayStation four Spider-Man remaster has been a chaotic and negative one essentially, which is kind of interesting in the sense that that also happened when Spider-Man, I guess people just get really intense about Spider-Man because even when, you know, leading up to it, people were like analyzing the puddles and like going crazy over like how the visuals of this game are. So it's sort of like in this messed up history of this franchise or kind of what this has turned into. So obviously they have the reasons to do this. Maybe it does look significantly better. Um, and more so, I think this is also them gearing up for what Peter Parker is going to look like in Spider-Man on PS5 or Miles Morales on PS5 and kind of preparing for like, okay, with the future of this, fr- it's kind of weird because I guess they were like, the future of this franchise cannot have this man's face. It will look too bad against the other faces, which is a weird thing to try to wrap your head around when we really haven't seen what these look like or what they do. Um, I think that also makes it harder for like consumers to deal with this change. And then people just hate change in general. Um, and then the other layer here is it makes me wonder, is this going to be like a new bizarre standard for remasters? Like, are we going to see like remasters from like before on next gen hardware where it's like it's all what it's like you remembered, but prettier. And also this person's a different person. <laughs> like, it's just sort of an odd space to be in. Um, personally, I'm not mad at the design. He does look younger. I feel like he looks a little bit more uh, less unique of a Peter Parker, but they both look like sort of generic men. So it's like. I saw people like, oh, the other one was so much more. I'm like, was he so much more? They're both just like, just, just, they're just dudes. They're white dudes. Two two different dudes. Two different white dudes. Like, I I don't think the gap in their design is like that massive, but it's a weird moment. It's weird at the very least. Yeah. No, Islam, you go ahead. I thought, I thought it was beautiful. I don't know. I like, I guess I don't look so deep into this kind of stuff. Like fix the game. So they don't look like a bunch of blocks, right? Like there's a lot of games that we love that you go back and you look at them and you're like, wow, these graphics are really bad. It's like watching, I watched a high school video from like 2000 and I was like, oh my gosh, like which I'm telling my age, I'm a very old lady. Um, but like, I looked at it and I was like, wow, videos in 2000 were so trash, right? It's just, you look back at stuff and if somebody could have fixed my face in some of those videos, I wouldn't have even been. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just the type of person who thinks like all this cool technology is just that it's really cool. And watching how they apply it to fix things, to look better on these TVs that show all the flaws so much more intently. It's just cool. Like, Hey, thanks for caring enough about a game that you don't really have to still care about so much to go back in and fix it. Cause you know, people love it and they're discovering it every day. So for me, it's just like extra love and attention to things. I may change my face in a few years. We don't know. Like, I'm just trying to take care of me over here. Like, I just think it's a lovely thing to do. And also, I just think we shouldn't be jerks on the Internet because we feel like it's a free place to be jerks. These are their games. It's their intellectual property. They can do with it what they want to do with it. And we should just be glad that we get like once overs and people are going back and, and just spending love. 
I feel like that shows they care about the game and they care about us as consumers. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of curious as to how you feel, Donna, because I, you know, from the way that I sort of, again, this is without a huge amount of technical understanding, but obviously it felt to me like they were future proofing, just as Janet said, uh, that this, that this new voice, uh, this new character model fit Yuri's vocal performance more accurately, uh, which felt very much like future proofing, like, like so the next game will be more uh, accurate to, to Yuri's kind of performance and, and the way his face moves, uh, which makes a lot of sense to me. But then I, you know, Spider-Man is one of your favorite games and, and, and you've just said earlier that you would never delete it off your hard drive. And, <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I know, I know the feeling of getting really attached to a character and, and getting really attached to, to the way that their facial tics work. Like, yeah. I get that. That's all part of the character. So I'm curious as to how you feel about it. I think one of the things that will help most about this is the fact that he's mostly in the costume as Spider-Man. So I don't really see his face too much uh, in the game. But um, no, I agree exactly. Kind of uh, Janet and Zombie both summed up like the size of my brain that we're thinking about it. Like it was a weird thing to see because I just don't normally see it. But like thinking back on it more, it is something that they obviously want to make sure they get this character right for the long run. And so they felt this was the best decision. And so they cared enough about it to make that change. And yes, it's an unexpected change that we don't often see, but if it, they feel it's the right change, I'm going to trust in them as we go forward. Cause they made a pretty great game to begin with. So like I, it will take some adjusting, but if I'm being honest, I always thought the first face looked very plasticky and like very character modely. And so Zom to your point, like if they're making it look better, that's fine with me. Like it, he does look more, he looks younger, yes, but he also looks more like a human to me than a like mm. video game approximation of a human. So I'm fine with it in the long run. I'll probably forget old Spider-Man after I play Miles in the remaster this fall. So like I, it was a all five minutes of like, oh, why'd they do that to? Yeah, OK, I see it. I'll go with it. Um, and yeah, I just I don't as we've all been saying, there's no reason to be a jerk about that. There's no good reason whatsoever. So. Um, a strange one, but you know, that's the new Spider-Man and I'm okay living with him. Plus we we're used to seeing Tom Holland anyway. So I've seen many Spider-Men all throughout live action and animated history. I'm pretty used to Spider-Man changing his face every few years anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, before we run out of time too much, I did want to briefly touch on, um, what we're playing. And just before we, um, run short on stuff, Zom, I want to start with you. Uh, what have you been playing PlayStation or otherwise just what, what have you been into recently so i've been playing like a lot of among us like <laughs> so i've been playing that on the pc but like playstation wise i always go back to the same thing i've also been playing squadrons a lot and you just mentioned the plasticky skin <laughs> and i just <laughs> want to say squadrons is a beautiful game but the one thing that stuck out to me that bothered me was the texture of the skin i thought the hair was so mm. cool i thought the diversity was amazing I thought everything was so great, but that weird, like, little plasticky, shiny texture to the skin was super bothering me. So, you know, if they fix that, you know, it'd be great. <laughs> but, but, like, I uh, those are the games I'm I'm really hooked on right now. And Dead by Daylight, because it's Halloween time, and I like to scare the heck out of myself. But Squadrons, <laughs> I've loved. I think uh, I, I've liked the immersive experience about it, if you can get over. Uh, if you push past your first 30 minutes, the motion sickness won't bother you if you just... <laughs> The first 30 minutes of adjusting to being a space lady was tough for me, uh, but I'm thriving in my spaceship at this point. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been playing. I've just been 
kind of vibing out, seeing what's new. And, and Among Us, I guess, isn't new, but I've been really enjoying betraying my friends. Yeah, it, it's new for a lot of people. So it's kind of one yeah. of those like where everyone seems to be discovering it at once. I haven't gotten to jump into it yet, but from everything I see on Twitter, like every game is just wonderful manipulation and chaos. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely something I'm going to have to try. Lucy, what about you? I know there's a, in particular a game uh, you want to talk about a few weeks back that we haven't been able to. Uh, what was it? Spirit Fair. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, gorgeous. Um, love Spirit Fair. Uh, if you haven't played it, it's a very kind of... I haven't talked about this on the show already. I don't think we did because we like game. It, it, we were going to talk about it and then you had to drop out that week. Okay. Um, but if, if you yeah, have- it, no, no, no. It's 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 a it's a really like lovely sort of gentle kind of management game. Uh, it's the sort of best way I can describe it. I stopped playing Animal Crossing uh, fairly abruptly. I think like a load of people like there's some kind of you know phenomenon with that game where people just stop. Um, and I was one of those. And I sort of still felt like I wanted to scratch that itch, but I didn't want to. Uh, you know, Animal Crossing was kind of like digging a little hole in my soul. Like it was just, I was compulsively playing it. And um, Spirit Fair really like scratched that itch for me. Um, yeah, you're just on a boat. You've got to maintain the boat. And you've got to usher these souls into the afterlife because you're the Spirit Fairer. And, you know, it's very emotional and all the characters are very lovable and, you know, you get to hug them and it's very sweet and gentle and not actually not the kind of game that I usually would play. But um, Tom Marks rec- uh, recommended it to me and it's it's just a really nice game to play right now. You know, it's like a really nice game to sort of play in between all the other stuff. Like I'm also playing Hades on the Switch and I'm also playing um, Squadrons as well on, on the PS4. And, and, you know, those are a lot more sort of action focused. And this is just a really nice sort of gentle calming game um but it, it keeps it keeps you interested it's not like the kind of mindless drudgery of and like animal crossing is great but I, I i feel you can easily fall into that kind of oh god i just put three hours into that game and i've achieved nothing like i've bought some <laughs> turnips um so yeah i would i would very much recommend it and uh janet where did you end up playing spirit fair because i know you were debating between buying it on switch or playing it via game pass i am still i did go with game pass because i'm okay. like i really need to stop spending money like i spent so much on halloween decorations as those watching the video version can see even though a lot of this came from the dollar store so it wasn't that bad um but yeah i did go with spirit fair on on uh game pass i'm enjoying it i'm very early on i'm only like half an hour in uh it is very cute you can hug people. That is quite nice. And you can fish as well. I don't know what other like elements, like sim elements are in that. Um, but I enjoy that. I also just really enjoy when I'm not expecting certain sim elements to be introduced in a game. Like I just kind of wander to the edge of my boat and I'm like, oh, you can just sit here and fish. I have no idea what the f- what I'm going to end up doing with the fish because I'm not that deep into the game. But like I love doing that kind of slice of life stuff. And it was just very calming. So and the art style is quite nice. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, I think I'll just play that on Xbox to save the money. I'm still tempted to get that Switch version because, like, I love having stuff in handheld. Uh, other than that, I'm playing Animal Crossing New Horizons still. I never fell off. I'm just all the way in. I live and breathe <laughs> that game. I'm still doing you guides for that game. Yes, absolutely. I have two different islands. I have my time travel island of guide sin and my island of non sin that I stream. Um, though I've been tempted, I've been so tempted to time travel these damn pieces of candy. Um, but I've been enjoying that game like all the time. I love it. 
I, I finally re-picked up. See, I, I do go back to games. I am someone that finishes games. <laughs> I finally picked up Sunset Overdrive again because I love the oh, hell out of the game. I know we've, we've mentioned it a lot because of uh, Insomniac made it and they're brilliant and they've you've seen a lot of... Everyone cites that as, you know, we're talking about Spider-Man, like the DNA of Spider-Man, that traversal in Sunset. Uh, that game's still so much fun. Uh, picking that up was the most fun I've had with the game in a, in a while. I think especially being in our field where it's often like, we often play to analyze or to discuss or to assess or to, you know, for me, I do game help. So it, it just felt so joyous to like run around and just like blow up mutants made of like energy drink fuel. And like, it's such a, a like a, it has so many elements of like other games I love. Like it has that goofiness in the weapons, like you see in Ratchet and Clank and it has like the fun traversal and it, it just, it, you can like skate on the water with just your feet. It's like a wild time and it's super fun. Uh, and then the last thing I just started playing that I'm in through act one in is Man of Madan, which I did not expect to play this game because I did not like Until Dawn. I did not find it campy and charming. I found it very cringy and a, and just a little just a little bit racist with like the Native American totem pole. Like it had like a lot of and I know horror kind of dips into that a lot. Like I just watched, uh, you know, Pet Cemetery, So like I, I get I get what they were doing, but I was still kind of just not that into it. I didn't like a lot of the choices. I didn't care about the characters. I thought the writing was kind of kind of cringy. Um, so I wasn't a big fan of Until Dawn at all. Um, but I'm like, you know what? It's on Game Pass. It's it's spooky time. Um, you know, it's basic, but like I can when it's narrative, I will play like mediocre narrative games because I just love narrative driven stuff. And I just love that they did. And Lucy, I'm sure you touched on this in your review, but I love that they did mm. the multiplayer thing. Such a brilliant move because a lot of people played Until Dawn that way. So I'm actually playing with my family on like multiplayer movie night mode is something whatever they call it and you're kind of assigned characters and even though like admittedly i think it's not like a super strong story by any means um i'm intrigued and i like that since we're different characters it's like okay you know my brother's up and now let's see if he's gonna be the one to die and then you know they give you the little stats like he missed the most quick time events which he claims is because he had the most assigned to him but now we're just making excuses for stuff so i like that <laughs> and it's only four hours so i'm like okay this is, you know, four hours split among three people. This seems like what Man of Madon can handle with the level of game it is. It just seems <laughs> yeah. like it'll be enjoyable. So I'm having a good time with that. I'm pleased that you are. I mean, I, 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 I have a totally alternate take. I preferred Until Dawn a lot more than Man of Madon. Um, I think Supermassive has a tendency as a developer to, like, they're clearly a massive horror, horror fan as a studio, very um, into picking apart genres uh, and subgenres within um, within horror. And um, I, I kind of wish they would pick one lane. I think Until Dawn did a great job at, for the most part, at sort of dismantling and playing with the tropes of the slasher genre. Uh, and I feel like Man and Madan, Madan and Madan, um, it didn't really know what kind of horror it wanted to be. It was like, is it psychological? Is it a slasher? Is it... And it sort of danced all over the show, and um, and I thought it was weaker for it. I definitely agree that uh, the online and the the movie night, like online co-op and the movie night, are by far the best parts of it. And that is going to be returning for their next game, the name of which completely escapes me. Uh, I will a little hope. I oh, will never going to guess that one. <laughs> I will be reviewing that as well. Oh, um, fun. But I, they're the only games that I have like the bandwidth to review these days because they're so short. Um, but you know, they're you know the the stuff that I've seen already uh, from that game makes. I mean, they're bringing back the co-op and stuff, but it makes me worry a little bit that they're still sort of just not really finding their feet with sticking to one genre 
And it's like, you, if you, if you want to play with subgenres of horror, like you better be able to do it well. Like you better be sort of hereditary style. Do you know what I mean? Like, otherwise it just feels like it's got a personality about playing it. Cause I hadn't, I'd only like kind of seen, you know, I knew what the game was about like generally and like how it was right. structured and I know the studio. So like, it wasn't like a totally brand new experience, but I was really surprised playing it after playing until dawn, which it feels like a lot more modern in a lot of ways. Like this goes back to like, as soon as I took control of like a character, I was watching my brother play it, and I was like resident evil, old resident evil. Like the, the way it plays with camera and spacing is really was just really surprising to me it felt like i was playing like yeah was it which resident evil is it the one that was on gamecube like murder dogs outside which is that just the first like is it just resident Uh, evil remake i forgot which one that is yeah yeah Yeah, it felt like it like that it had the same camera angle and that felt very like weirdly stiff in a modern game uh i still can't decide if i like that or not and they kind of dip in and out of that like sometimes it goes in that mode sometimes it doesn't um but it's on game pass if people are interested in checking it out i recommend if you like story stuff at least looking at it especially if you are doing that co-op thing because i think it's like a a fun october thing even if it's not like my number one narrative recommendation yeah i mean and i i also admire i admire what supermassive is doing i just want them to find their groove you know what i mean like i just like i love this this sort of this dark pictures anthology that they're going for but like i really uh you know there's been a there's been a couple of like pretty good but not great games. And I'm, I'm just waiting for that really great one. Cause we've had a, yeah, we've had a couple of pretty good ones. Like, come on guys, it's time. Also fix your teeth. Like ugh, the teeth. Ooh, yeah. If you want to talk about facial, I don't want to go too long on this. Cause I already talked about this game for way too long, but like talking about facial animations and things. Ooh, that is, it's scary. It is scary. It's supposed it's- to be a scary game. So maybe that's <laughs> intentional. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna about do it for this episode of beyond. Um, obviously we'll have plenty of weeks to come in October to talk about all the haunts and uh, spookiness of the season. Uh, probably with a couple horror games, but my dog is now barking at me. So that's as good a sign to wrap up as any. Um, I want to say thank you to Janet and Lucy for joining me this week. Thank you to Red, our producer. And thank you, Zombie, so much for joining us uh, this week. It was fantastic to have you on. Um, I know you mentioned it at the top of the show. Loki, quiet. Uh, I know you mentioned it at the top of the show, but if people want to find your work, find where you are, where can they... I'm on Twitch, uh, .tv backslash zombie kills. I'm on Twitter. Sometimes I have some cool hot takes. Sometimes I'm a little funny. Sometimes I'm complaining about being a parent. And I'm on Instagram, just taking a lot of random photos of my face. Uh, but you can find me Thursday through Sunday. I'm on 7.30 p.m. Central, and we're just vibing and uh, kicking it. This is a pretty good time. But I'd love to see you guys. If you are kind, compassionate, know how to be a good human, and don't get easily uh, scared of addressing things that make you uncomfortable, you're more than welcome to come hang out with me. Uh, and uh, as Janet said before, uh, not to steal too much of what she said, but I completely 100% just want to echo, uh, not only are you a fantastic follow on Twitter just because of how funny you are uh, and how like true to yourself you are, but you are never afraid to talk about that stuff. And the balance of like very funny and very important conversation has been so great to have uh, on oh, thank you. Twitter, which can, you know, normally be kind of a hellscape. So thank you no. for all that you do there. I'm going to say something. Don't let yeah. Twitter be a hellscape. Yeah. You don't have to follow people who make you feel mad, sad, small, whatever. The internet has algorithms for a reason. Unfriend those folks, man. Life's too short. It's too short. If your social media is making you unhappy, it's not 
the algorithm's fault. Unfriend <laughs> it. Unfollow it. You are in control. Don't put everything off on other people. You control your own destiny. Yes. You're driving your own boat. So I'm just going to leave everyone the same and just like watch the chaos <laughs> ensue. That's because I get joy from it. But if of you course. don't, mute some. Yeah, some yeah if the muting. chaos... If the chaos brings you joy like Janet, still follow those people. But uh, no, Zombie, you're actually uh, absolutely right. And uh, if they aren't following you, they should be because it is a great follow. So thank you again for being on the show with us. We'll have to have you back soon. It was such a blast. Um, Love it. But apparently my dog really needs attention. So we're going to have to wrap up this episode. But thank you so much to everyone listening and are watching. Uh, remember Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world. Please like, subscribe, favorite, uh, whatever you do on your platform of choice because of course we're going to have some really big stuff happening as we get into the launch of the PS5. It's going to be a lot to talk about. So thank you so much as always. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And Beyond. 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 <laughs>